This episode of the Fight Talk Podcast is brought to you in part by Vacated Title. Vacated Title is an elite design and lifestyle brand for wrestlers, promotions, and wrestling fans. VacatedTitle.com will be launching soon, and check out at Vacated Title on Twitter for the latest updates. The Fight Talk Podcast is also brought to you in part by WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com is back at it again with their Elimination Chamber Pick'em Contest. Who's winning the Chamber match? Who's the last team to enter Tag Team Turmoil? Will Natalia versus Nikki Bella end in pinfall, submission, countout, disqualification, or no contest? These are just some of the questions that can land you in the top spot for the Elimination Chamber Pick'em and on your way to WrestleMania. That's right, the top prize is $500 cash and two tickets to WrestleMania. Do not miss out. Get to WrestleRumble.com and get your picks in now. Hey everybody, welcome to Fight Talk. This is Steven Jensen. Today's guest is Vince Vega Garrett, and he's a good friend of mine. He's been on the show before. I've been really wanting to have him back on the show for a long time. We're finally making it happen, and Vince is a very busy man nowadays, so I'm very happy to have him on the show. Before we get into the questions, first and foremost, Vince, how you doing, man? Please tell the people how you been, what's been going on since the last time they heard from you. What's going on, dude? Oh, man. I told you this off the record, but I will. To be polite, congratulations, sir. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, thank you. That's kind of the biggest thing in my life right now. Uh, I guess learning to be a father and all the things that come with having a pregnant wife. Um, the, um, you know, also started a new job. 2017 has been kind of brand new for me as far as, you know, new baby coming, starting a new job, and just a lot of new things kind of coming in life. So I'm excited about 2017. I'm especially excited to see uh, the Fight Talk podcast growing the way it is. I mean, you've got official t-shirts. I do. I do. Believe it or not, I, I can't believe it myself. I, uh, I shouldn't say I can't believe it. Anybody can go make a t-shirt. Don't get me wrong. And there's people way more clever than me. My my logo is admittedly a ripoff of a professional wrestler's logo. I mean, it's it's no secret. But what, what I am surprised about is the response has actually been really, really positive. And that, that was humbling, man. That was unexpected. Uh, the amount of people that have actually went out and bought these things. Uh, for anyone listening right now, anyone who supported the Fight Talk podcast, whether it's been by buying a t-shirt or liking posts and retweeting things on Facebook and Twitter and whatever it is, you know, getting these these prizes I give away and whatnot. I mean, it's it's incredibly appreciated. But that all being said, yeah, man, I I, I got some t-shirts out there, man. Definitely love to see the brand grow. Definitely love to see that. I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. So, do you want to get right into this uh, conversation, talking about UFC and Joy and other millions of questions that I've developed since last we spoke? I'm about to unload on you. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for it. And for the people listening, you've heard Stone Cold Steve Austin say it. I told Vince right before we got started, we're going to call this in the ring. So I don't know what questions are coming. We're just going to go freestyle it. So Vince, go ahead, man. What you got for me? Absolutely. I'm all about the freestyle. Right off the top, let's jump right into UFC 208. The only point of reference I have from Holly Holm is her win over Ronda Rousey. And, you know, really since her being choked out by Mr. Tate, I don't really think about her. Uh, 
uh, kind of a conditioned and well-known uh, fighter. Uh, I'm not sure why he doesn't leave the card as opposed to her. I just don't, don't think that Holly Holm has done enough to kind of be the face of the UFC at this point. With this fight being the main event, Holm versus Dar- Darren Dami, Duran Dami, however you want to say it, them being the main event is is interesting in a lot of different ways, and they're all like all the wrong reasons. And what I mean by that is Holly Holm, in the UFC's eyes, is a is a superstar because everyone knows her name based on that Ronda Rousey fight. And of course, you know a lot of, a lot more people do know who she is since that Rousey fight. So, and she has headline cards in the past. I get the name value there from an extent. Darren Dami, the issue there is like most casual fans don't know who she is and even hardcore fans not all of them are even that familiar with her and then like you said you have Anderson Silva versus Derek Brunson as the co-main event and and everybody knows Anderson Silva so I I definitely understand your your perspective there and I agree like I think that the Anderson Silva versus Derek Brunson fight is a more exciting fight that I'm looking way more forward to than the home Darren Dami fight it's for no other reason than so many people that I talk to are kind of tired of Silva and kind of his antics and this beast that he seems to have um, with the boss. Um, it, I mean, I think it's for no other reason they want to see Silva get knocked out by somebody, and that's why he would kind of leave the card. He's a good villain. Yeah, I could see some people having that that kind of uh, viewpoint on Anderson, you know, most, I should, I, I can't speak for all fans. I'd say a lot of fans, you know, view him as the greatest fighter of all time. And while he's on a downslide, like for sure, he's, he's not the guy who, you know, went on the legendary title reign that he did currently, you know, he's, he's older, he's been knocked out, you know, he hasn't looked great and he, he hasn't looked terrible either, but he hasn't looked great. He, he had a really good fight against Michael Bisbing where he almost won and Bisbing is now the middleweight champion. So he's actually, he's very much in the mix at middleweight, even with some some current losses. But his billing on the undercard, I think, has more to do with Holly Holm, them viewing her as a major star. And the, here's, the big, here's the big underlying issue. And I don't know if you were planning on asking me this question or not, but it's laughable that this is for a championship, Holm versus Daredami, because... This is for the first ever 145-pound women's championship, and the only reason that this belt was introduced, the only reason they're creating this belt, was for Cyborg, who is currently serving a suspension. And even before she was, she was turning down fight after fight. Like Things were getting very suspicious and fishy with Cyborg right around the time they were going to create this title for her, essentially. And to compensate for, for Cyborg being unwilling to fight and then coincidentally is not allowed to fight due to her suspension now. Now you have Holm versus Darren Dami. And the biggest reason that this is the main event, this is like the long way to answer your question in a short answer. The only reason this is the main event is because there's no other title fights on this show. And the only reason it is a title fight is because they were creating it and just kind of got stuck with this thing. There's not even a division for 145 in the UFC for the women. Like there, there isn't like this, it's, it's just 135 pound women who now have the option to not cut another 10 pounds. It's all the same girls. So it's, it's like, it's the most worthless. There's in in a world full of UFC interim titles that we're living in now, this 
and this is a true championship at a weight class, this is the most worthless UFC belt in history by far. Yeah, well, you know, Holmes' case and Rousey's cases are are very different, and they're they're always going to be linked by that fight. But they're very different cases, and and I don't know if you know this, but Holly Holmes coming off of two losses and getting a title fight. She it's not like she's out there destroying these women. She's she's lost a couple fights in a row. She lost to Misha Tate, and then she lost to Valentina Shevchenko. And Shevchenko is going to be fighting Amanda Nunez next for the 135-pound title. She actually holds a win over Nunez in the past, so it's a great rematch. Um, both of the, those women, I think, are much better MMA fighters than Holly Holm is. And Darren Dami is is mainly a kickboxer, so they're pretty much trying to get a stand-up fight here, something that is winnable for Holm. But another reason why I think that the two of them are very different is no one can really be compared to Ronda Rousey. And, and what I mean by this isn't necessarily her skill set because we've seen she is very beatable if given the the wrong opponents. But Ronda Rousey spearheaded this gigantic just women's movement in general. Like she broke down barriers and and opened doors to the UFC that never would have been opened otherwise. And the star that they created with her was unlike any star we'd ever seen. The, uh, only Conor McGregor is comparable, and, and he's surpassed it at this point, but Ronda was there first. And she was... So, like, her her fall from grace is much, much bigger and much, much more difficult to deal with. And she didn't deal with it the best way either. I mean, getting her ass kicked by Holly Holm, taking an entire year off, not saying anything to anyone, not doing any media, you know... It's she stayed just silent and and apparently was just doing nothing but training. Goes in there, gets her ass kicked again by Amanda Nunez this time, and now now how do you respond to that? You know what I mean? Like, where's there to go but rock bottom? And Holly Holm, yeah, they 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 want her to win this fight. I think the UFC has every intention in the world of of trying to get Holly Holm in there with somebody that she can beat, but. It's a worthless championship, so that's kind of the biggest issue I have with this. When when there are two women fighting for a 135-pound championship, both of which I think would smoke Holly Holm, one of which already has. Well, she didn't smoke her, but she decisively beat her. What's the point of this belt? Other than to have to put a belt on this show because it's a pay-per-view and they think having a belt on the marketing campaigns and stuff is going to sell it better and yada yada. It's, it's, just, it's just worthless. They're both 135-pound fighters fighting 10 pounds up for a fake championship. And if Amanda Nunez or Valentina Shevchenko 
decides that they want to go up. So here, here's another thing. And this, this, I know I'm going off here, but with Holly Holm winning, if she wins this belt, she can lay claim to being a two division champion, which has only been done a handful of times in UFC history. BJ Penn did it. Uh, BJ Penn did it. And Conor McGregor just did it, but he's the only one to do it simultaneously. And Randy Couture's done it. And to for Holly Holm to be able to say that she did the same thing as those legends with, you know, with this kind of scenario, to put herself in that kind of group, especially coming off of two losses to, to get this opportunity, it's I just as a as a longtime hardcore fan of mixed martial arts, the whole thing just rubs me the wrong way. And I think it's a big product of the new ownership. Like cause they are still trying to figure out what the fuck to do because they just bought this thing for way more money than I think it honestly is probably worth in complete hindsight. And they're, they're still trying to figure out how to run it. And this is how they think to do it. And, and I don't think they're doing it right. Well, I mean, I think that sometimes uh, adversity can kind of add to your story in that way. I mean, let's look at uh, Ronda Rousey, for instance. Uh, I know we keep bringing her back up as if she's actually irrelevant. That's okay. She, I mean, she's. I still love Ronda Rousey, man. It's just, it's just, she. It's an unfortunate scenario for her right now, but it's okay to talk about her, man, because she's. I just did an entire podcast about her this week, man. So I mean, it's it's really, you know, her meteoric rise. Yeah, I mean, I can see that point of view as well. It's not it's not a bad thing sometimes to have an even playing field, you know, quote unquote, as far as, you know, because kind of the devil's advocate argument to kind of the, the road you're going down with that would be like to, to agree with that with that side of it would be the argument that I used to hear when Rousey was the champion and there were people that were unwilling to buy her pay-per-views because they're like, well, she's just going to smoke the chick in 10 seconds. I don't want to pay $60 for that. I'll just watch the GIF afterwards. And that's almost counterproductive business-wise because you know the UFC is a, a, a pay-per-view business that wants to sell pay-per-view and it's like they had a star that was the, just humongous, but she was winning almost too – she was almost too good, almost winning too fast – as crazy as that sounds. And I could see what you're saying here. Like, this is a competitive matchup. Either person can win. Uh, so, yeah, I understand where you're going with that. I want to uh, lay off the lady at this point and kind of get uh, more onto the guys. Um, we talked a little bit about Home and uh, Silva and their fights. Um, can you pull out of the rest of the fighters on the card, can you name one match out of this group that you think this is the one to watch out of all the, except for the top two, of course. Which one would you say this is the one to watch? That's a good question. There's actually a couple good, a 
couple good fights here. Are we talking the main card and the pre? Well, you know what? It would it would be on the main card. I shouldn't even go into. Yeah, you know what? So I'd say. So actually, actually, you don't have to pull from the main card because actually, uh, believe it or not, I just love the idea of Uncle Creepy versus the Monkey God. But names alone, I would want to see that fight. Dude, awesome. Yeah, so, you know, I'm really looking forward to Ian McCall coming back. You know, Uncle Creepy, great guy. Great guy. Uh, meeting him in Atlanta, like I said, is just really – it's one of those guys, you know, like he he just walked by and he could have easily just like blown everyone off and, you know, he's, he talked to everybody, took pictures of everyone. I'll always be a fan based on how he treated his fans. I'll go into the main car because there were some really interesting matchups there. Like I really like Jacare Souza. I think he's deserved a title shot at middleweight for about four years now, and he just hasn't gotten it because he's. I don't think the UFC sees him as marketable because he doesn't speak like a lick of English, and he's kind of unwilling to to learn it. And the UFC, it's it, you know, it's not as well known probably to casual fans, but they they do really prefer their champions to know English because of how much promotion they do for the for the business. So that's kind of pigeonholed him, I think, to be completely honest, even though it has nothing to do with his fighting. And him fighting Tim Boach, it's a, it's a really interesting matchup, but it's one that I think Jacare should win fairly easily. So I shouldn't say that that's, you know, the, the fight to watch. Of, of all these fights, I would say the fight to watch would be the opener, Dustin Poirier and Jim Miller, because the two of them have exciting fights every time. And that one could really go either way. Like, that's a 50-50 coin flip, like, I'm going to take Poirier prediction-wise, but that's really a coin toss. So I'd say the fight to really watch on this show is Dustin Poirier and Jim Miller, and that's going to be open in the main card. I mean, to touch on Susan really quickly, I would think that that um, international element would actually make uh, Susan a more interesting fighter, kind of um, in, in the vein of making UFC kind of a uh, sport that kind of surpasses uh, American is a more worldly sport, I guess. Yeah, no, um, you're you're definitely you're definitely right about that. And they the most of their champions recently, like they've got a, they've had a lot of foreign champions. But whether it be bilingual or I think I honestly think because like for instance, like Anderson Silva being a good example, he speaks fluent Portuguese, you know, his entire life. But he at least made like the effort to be able to like interview in English, like even just a little bit. Like, hey, how was the fight? Oh, you know, the fight the fight was good. You know, like just something. Whereas I think Jacare has just been like, I have no interest in, in doing any of that. And they do and they don't book him very often. That's another problem. He gets like one fight a year, it seems like, but he hasn't lost in like four or five years. And he keeps fighting top guys for the most part. But I do get get what you're saying, but I think it's more so I don't know what his attitude is backstage. I have no clue. But it's one of those things where ask any hardcore MMA fan that's been following Jacare even since like his strike force days, there's no other logical explanation as to why he hasn't gotten a title shot because everyone's in agreement that he's deserved it for a really long time and he hasn't lost in like forever. He's a scary looking dude. Like he looks like, I mean, even if he hasn't learned English, it is very, um, like, it, okay, uh, can I be CEO of UFC for just one second? Sure. Okay. Let's say we take Jacqueline. Uh, who cares if he doesn't learn English? Uh, we call up my boy Paul Heyman and just have him speak for Jacqueline <laughs> at the beginning of every fight. 
I will watch the hell out of all of his fights. My name is Paul Heyman, and this is my client, Jacare Souza. Dude, I love it, man. I love it. I would love it so much. <laughs> okay, but I mean, I don't want to, I, I hate that, you know, sometimes, you know, because I know WWE and wrestling so much better, I always want to take that WWE element and throw it into UFC, even though they kind of, you know, you know, of course, with Brock Lesnar, um, you know, they do share something. Uh, it's, I wonder if those theatrics that the UFC has, of course, what, um, of course, what Conor McGregor is using right now is straight out of, like, a wrestling textbook to me. He, he does great stand-up. But, I mean, I just think that if the UFC would adopt some of that without going too over the top, I think it would definitely help them. Uh, uh, and I guess, uh, speaking of which, uh, we'll uh, transition into well, hey, Conor be- before Before you do that, though, I want to point out you're, you're spot on with like I say it all the time on my podcast, the closest they can get to being a pro wrestling product while keeping the fights legitimate, I think that's the product that I want to – I don't know if it's the product I necessarily want to see the most like personally, but I think it's the product they should be striving to put out because I think that's the best way to get people to buy your shows. And I think that Conor McGregor – I know you're about to ask me about him before I cut you off, but he's a – he's the Irish Ric Flair, man. He's, he's straight out of pro wrestling. I saw him. Like he's so great. Like I remember when I had no idea – how good he was, and I first heard him on the mic, I instantly said, okay, who is this guy? I want to see, you know, how he fights. I'm looking up YouTube videos of him and his earlier fights. I mean, just that kind of thing where you you listen to that guy, he's so electric that you have to know what he's about. You have to see him live. It's an element that USC, I guess, kind of shies away from because they don't want to be this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They want to be they a sport, be. not sport entertainment. Exactly. Uh, you know, and I mean, I just think that if you adopt just a little bit of that entertainment, just drop a little tidbit of it in, it would be so interesting to me. Uh, and I guess, uh, and I mean, can we now transition into uh, Conor McGregor and that whole conversation of UFC versus boxing? Absolutely. Okay. Conor McGregor is, in my opinion, casting some checks that he can't really uh, honestly uh, cash. He's doing a whole lot of talking about, of course, sports Mayweather, and I think it would be great for both sports if, you know, this keeps up. But I don't think they should ever fight each other in that I think it makes both sports look bad that people are comparing the two because the money in boxing is so ridiculous, even though the sport has been quality for years. Meanwhile, the money in UFC is not, it does not compare to boxing just yet, uh, but fighting is so much more quality. I think it hurts both sports for them to be going back and forth like this. Uh, what do you think about that situation? Yeah, it's a great, great point of view. Uh, <clears throat> so there's a common misconception out there, and you just kind of alluded to it, that boxing you make more in boxing than in the UFC. And, and that's that's not the case. The UFC is making significantly more money than professional boxing is on a consistent basis. The, the big difference here is the fighter payout ratios versus boxing, bo- boxing versus uh, the UFC or just MMA in general. But, you know, we can, we can generalize this to the UFC because they're, you know, they're the standard of this all. 
So you have the UFC. Let me put the let me like for for perspective here. All right, let's say there's so many there's so much I could talk about this. But here I'll start with this with with Floyd Mayweather. He is the only one making that kind of money in boxing. Manny Pacquiao makes good money. You know, Triple G is probably making good money. Uh, Timothy Bradley probably makes good money. You know, Juan Manuel Marquez when he fights probably makes pretty good money. But they're but like you you get in. Who's that? Brothers. Yeah, I'm sure that they do. I, I'm less familiar with them because, I mean, I, obviously I know who the Klitschko brothers are and I've seen them fight, but I don't know what they get paid out. I, I don't know what they make, but I'd assume that it's very good money. I'd assume it's very good money. But Floyd's the only one making like what Floyd Mayweather's making. There's no one else making even like remotely close to that unless they're fighting Floyd Mayweather. But even then, it's what they call the the uh, the A side or the B side on on in like the fighter matchups. Whereas like the A side would be Floyd Mayweather always, meaning he's going to get a higher percentage of the cut for the fight, for the pay-per-view, for everything, the sponsorships. He's going to be the A side. His opponent's going to be the B side and his pay is going to, the B side's pay is just going to be different. It's going to be less. And with, with boxing versus UFC, in boxing, like Floyd Mayweather is, you know, he's Floyd Mayweather promotions. You know, he's he's the promoter, he's the fighter, he's the star, he's selling his own sponsorships, you know, there's and so he's taking in the lion's share of the profits himself, and then you know, he could pay out whoever he wants to pay out, who helped, you know, train him, nutritionist, yada yada. Whereas the UFC is taking the lion's share and then they're giving much smaller fractions of the payout to the fighters. So in and Connor's the one exception to that in the UFC where Connor has gotten so big that he's outdrawing the UFC. So there there's like a very weird new thing happening here where like when Connor goes and fights, he's guaranteed at least a million pay-per-views. He's he's since he's been who he is, like a household name, he's always selling it's like a, a million pay-per-view buys, a million point two, a million point five. He's been a part of the biggest fights that they've ever done. The only person do, that that's doing what he was doing, even in that ballpark, was Brock when Brock was on top, like the, like those kind of numbers. And Connor's gotten so big that like he's always doing in the millions. Whereas like this UFC two hundred eight, I'd be surprised if it did four hundred to five hundred thousand. And so you got to think if Connor if Connor's doing one point five million when he fights. And Holly Holm versus Jermaine Durandamy is going to go, you know, 400, 500,000. That's a million pay per view buys that Connor would have brought in that they can't without him. So now he's in this unusual position that nobody else has ever been in, where when it comes to like putting together like this boxing match with Floyd Mayweather, he's going to the UFC and going, okay, well, if we're going to make this whole thing happen, we're going to have Floyd Mayweather Productions, we're going to have the UFC, and we're going to have Conor McGregor promotions. So it's going to be a three-way promotion. The UFC, you're going to get a part of it because, yeah, I'm, I'm under contract for you guys to fight, but due to the Ali Act, I can box without your consent. So I'm going to be nice here. I'm going to give you a little piece of this because, you know, you guys helped me make my name, but I don't really need the UFC letters anymore. And I can go fight this guy and make more money on pay-per-view than anyone's ever made in history. So where the negotiations are really going to have to figure things out if this, if this boxing match would ever happen is Connor can make a strong argument 
that he deserves as much money to box Floyd as Floyd deserves to box Connor. And that has nothing to do based on like Connor's boxing skill, but it's based on his pay-per-view power. Because let's just say the biggest pay-per-view of all time, it was a boxing match. It was Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. They did around 4.5 million pay-per-view buys. Okay, so we got to keep that number in mind. 4.5 for one fight. But when Connor fights three times a year for the UFC, he's bringing in the same amount of overall viewership. When Floyd Mayweather fights somebody else, we're talking lower than we're talking probably numbers closer to the the pay per view we're seeing on Saturday with Holman Darandami. Like I'm not saying it's going to be as low as five hundred thousand, but I'd be surprised if Floyd's bringing in. Maybe Floyd. He, he might be the one exception. He might do in the millions regardless of who he's fighting. But any other boxer in the world, no other boxer is breaking one million pay-per-view buys unless they're fighting Floyd Mayweather. So they're in this really weird position where like, yeah, Connor doesn't deserve the same money as Floyd based on merit in boxing. But if he were to fight three times a year for the UFC, which is what he's con- contractually obliged to do, he's going to bring in the same amount of pay-per-view buys as, as Floyd – in like a calendar year. So they really kind of deserve 50-50 pay or close to it. Now, does it also make a difference that Floyd already has the money? Like Floyd is, Floyd is, it's like Floyd, I guess at this point, he can afford to turn down a 4.5 million of his new guys. Um, could Connor do the same? Would be my question. That's a great question. I Floyd, Floyd Mayweather has Unless he's pissed it all away, and to my knowledge, he, he hasn't, at least recently. I believe he had money issues years ago, but I don't think that's that's happened in quite a long time. He, well, that's the thing, and that's the only reason I think he would box. Be, uh, aside from breaking – here's the other thing about Floyd Mayweather. Like, I'm so glad you brought this up because I haven't been able to really talk like in-depth about Floyd on my podcast at all. And I've been wanting to say a lot of stuff about him like – I'm I, I'm a Floyd Mayweather fan. But I hope you can do box on Floyd Mayweather. You did. You unzipped me, man. So here, here, here it comes. I'm a Floyd Mayweather fan. I think that Floyd Mayweather is an incredibly intelligent human being. I think he's he's playing a pro wrestling character just like Conor McGregor is playing a pro wrestling character. They're both coming from the same world, being a fan of pro wrestling. Floyd Mayweather's been involved with the WWE. He had a match with the Big Show at WrestleMania one year. Like he's. He's a promoter. He's a smart guy. Anyone who thinks otherwise is honestly ignorant because he might come across like he's not he's not smart or this not everything he does is calculated. Everything he does, he thinks he's going to he, he's doing it because he knows there's an end game to everything he does and says. I think he's I think he's very intelligent, Floyd Mayweather. Now he's so intelligent that I'll give him credit for this too. He is very good about picking and choosing who he fights and when he fights them. There's a reason why the man's 49-0, and, and a lot of it has to do with his skill. Do not get me wrong. He might be the best skilled boxer of all time, but he had a serious history of fighting guys when they were coming out of their prime rather than fighting them while they were in their prime. The reason I bring this up is because what better way to break the all-time boxing record? You're 49-0. and you want to be 50 and 0 cuz it, cuz it's an ego thing, you know, you better believe Floyd wants that record to himself. He's currently tied for it. He wants to be 50 and 0. What better match to pick to just a hand pick? You're going to have the biggest pay-per-view buy of all time. You will beat 
your record against Manny Pacquiao. You will make more money than you ever made in your life for one fight. And all you have to do is fight a guy who has never boxed before professionally. That's, that's, it's a, it's a give me for Floyd Mayweather. There's, there's the, the chance that Conor McGregor catches him. Of course, you know, there's always that chance, that lucky punch chance, but there is no better scenario for Floyd Mayweather to come out of quote unquote retirement than fighting Conor McGregor. Like this could not have lined up any better for him. And if he has, if he is having any money issues, like this is the way to solve them. Because you get to fight a guy who has never professionally boxed before. but And you can also lay claim at the same time to boxing is better than UFC. You know what I mean? Because there's of course going to be that argument. And, and yes, if this was happening in the UFC octagon or on the streets, Conor McGregor murders Floyd Mayweather. But in a boxing ring, I think Floyd is an absolute fool if he's the reason this fight doesn't get made. Wow. Like, so, I mean... If that is, I mean, I think you're right. I think you're right about everything you said. I don't think Floyd Mayweather is stupid at all. I guess in this whole rigmarole of whether or not they'll fight, I just wondered where does Connor, what's Connor's end game? Like, of course, we know what Floyd Mayweather's end game would be in fighting. I don't know what Connor McGregor's interest or uh, what his, what does he get out of it's money it's all it's 100 percent money you know how i was saying the pay-per-views are even like if you took his three fights and in floyd's one fight a year and you, you put those next to each other they look pretty similar pay-per-view buy wise the the payout though to connor to box floyd like his personal payout would be way bigger than anything he'll ever make as a ufc fighter i mean like times three or four times the money like if like at minimum so he has and here's the other thing Connor has nothing to lose to box Floyd Mayweather. He could go over to boxing, get his ass kicked over there, but then he just comes back and goes, <laughs> I stood in there with the best boxer of all time. I mean, I was supposed to lose that fight. And then he, then if he wants to, hey, Floyd, you want to fight me for real? Come find me in the octagon. And we know that's never going to happen. So there's always that question. You know, F- Connor has nothing to lose by doing this. And he has an opportunity at this prime position to make more money than anybody ever in combat sports for a fight and it's just and Floyd's not going to be available for you know forever I mean he's getting up there in age like this is the time to do it for everybody involved so you know I I think that I think that Connor you know in this this is the other thing Connor is technically speaking he's a one weight class champion in the UFC right now but he really is the uh, the 145 and 155 pound champion regardless of what the UFC wants to say right now they took one of the belts from him but he he still has the physical belt what I mean why not I mean you're you're the champion in two weight classes in the UFC everyone you're fighting aside from Nate Diaz at a much higher weight you're smoking everyone else I mean you've made the biggest money you're really going to make for the UFC like right now I, I think I think he has every motivation in the world to want to box Floyd Mayweather. I guess that lays it out pretty nicely. Uh, 
Okay, I don't want to go too long here. So I have one huge question. So this is the one that I kind of wanted to ask you when you asked me to come back on. This is the one that I really wanted to ask because uh, I think one thing that I'm noticing, uh, and this kind of goes back to the Floyd Mayweather thing, the difference between what a UFC fighter does and what a boxer does and what every other athlete in the world kind of does, uh, they're able to kind of parlay their branding and their fame into uh, some sort of a long-term career after fighting. Um, I can name a couple, Randy Couture, of course, Chuck Liddell, maybe, I can't name any other fighters who have kind of not only become just fighters in the ring, but kind of these pop culture phenomenons outside of the ring. Of course, uh, I'm counting Ronda Rousey and with everything else. One thing that I'm noticing is that that doesn't happen as much with UFC as it seems to happen across other sports. Uh, my question here is, is it something that UFC is doing or is it something about the length of time that a UFC fighter fights or why is it that, you know, we don't see more of these UFC fighters kind of, you know, being like the future Floyd Mayweather of the sport kind of springing off and doing their own things or a part of their UFC profession into kind of um, a, a level where they can kind of be a partner as opposed to just kind of be spiders in the cage. Dude, that's a great question, man. That's a really, really good question. I, I, I don't think I have like a real great you know, right answer for this, but if I were to guess uh, maybe a couple factors that play into that, I mean, one would, of course, be, you know, that the sport is so young. I mean, you got to figure this has only been around since, like, the late 90s. And we're you're talking about, you know, sports that have been established, you know, professional baseball, football, soccer. I mean, you name it. It's been around forever. But I, I think that I, – I honestly think a lot of it has to do with – it's a mixture of what I just said in this. Okay, this is, I guess, where if I, if I had a little bit of time to think and really think this through, this is kind of where I think I'd go with it. I think that it's a mixture of that, it being a newer sport, and the reason I mention that is because guys like maybe like Anderson Silva, who had like really long title reigns, they're, they're pretty much household names, but they aren't like mega stars, you know, it's that kind of stuff. Liddell got pretty huge pop culture-wise, and there's been other people, Tito Ortiz was out there for a while, you know, there's been guys, but as far as like mega stars go, we've really only seen ronda rousey and conor mcgregor at what i would consider like a mega star level level brock lesnar counts but he comes from a, a different world like he was already established before he came over so as far as like homegrown mma fighters ronda rousey and foot and uh, conor mcgregor are really the only two now hey, let's not let's not leave out the great randy couture hey so Expendables one, two, and three. Sure, I, and he he deserves credit where it's due. Absolutely, Gina Carano as well. Uh, there's been some there's been some fighters that have that have made you know good careers outside of the UFC afterwards. I will side note the Randy Couture blocked me on Twitter uh, for I don't even remember why, but I I know it wasn't anything mean because I liked the guy and he knows my uncle. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but that all being said, Randy Couture was a he was a big, uh, big time name with UFC, and he's still he's still involved. He's uh, still employed by Viacom, and he does a lot of movies and stuff like that. So, uh, good for Randy Couture. He's he's he was the man when he was fighting. I'll give him that. That all being said, man, so you had like that kind of generation, and then I think what this kind of correlates to is 
the, a fighter's ability to continue to win big fights for a long length of time. And that's very difficult to do in the UFC. Like, there's always that chance of... I mean, like, George St. Pierre is somebody we could probably put on that list, right? I mean, especially in, like, Canada. Like, there's there's such a high possibility of, of losing. And people are always so quick to, like, jump off bandwagons. You know, it's really easy to get on the uh, Ronda Rousey train as it's going up and as she's kicking ass, right? But the second that she loses, everyone fucking leaves you. And everybody starts talking shit. And now all of a sudden you're fucking nothing because you lost. And she got to that megastar level before that happened, and so is Connor. Like, they're already made. But to get to that level, you have to be like those two. I mean, you have to be winning fight after fight, year after year, and doing it impressively. And that's just not easy to do when you're fighting at the level of the UFC. And, like, I think something, for instance, like Connor McGregor. There's a lot of talk that he could potentially come back and challenge for the 170-pound title, which would which would make him a three-weight class champion and if he were to win. And I think if that were to happen, now we're talking about Connor on the same level as like Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? Like, and that's because he keeps winning and he keeps winning championships and his name keeps getting bigger because he's a winner. And but it's just so difficult to get to that level in MMA because man, you put together one, two, three good fights. You might get knocked the fuck out in your fourth one, and now the whole world fucking turns on you. You know, so it's just, it's just. I think it's just a really difficult thing to do in that sport, and and the, most of the other sports are going to be team sports that are going to rely your popularity more so. I mean, your in- individual performance is going to matter, but I mean, just the fact that you know so and so plays for the L.A. Lakers. You know what I mean? Like you play for the Lakers, you're automatically somebody. In MMA, like, if you get your ass kicked, you got your ass kicked. You know, you fought for the UFC, but, you know, that doesn't mean nearly as much. It sounds like a tragic story. Almost as tragic as Atlanta Falcons. Dude, I don't know if you wanted to talk about that or not. Yeah, I definitely watched that whole game. I can't talk about it. It it hurts too much. I will say the, the one silver lining there, man, like... The way that they've handled the loss, I mean, it doesn't make it any better. Like, but like the way that Matt Ryan and those guys have like just kind of just kind of owned it. Like, that's that's kind of refreshing. It's like the opposite of, you know, like how like Cam Newton handled it. You know what I mean? Oh, very true. Yeah, very true. They took it. They took it on the chin. Uh, as far as the front office, I'm not really sure because now we have a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator coming in. I'm assuming. So I'm a little bit nervous about whether or not we can repeat. But, you know, we'll be back. And, you know, we have the new stadium now, so I'm not sure if we have our Super Bowl bid. But uh, and I know as soon as that stadium gets opened up uh, and we get our Super Bowl bid, as long as we can have the Super Bowl at the new Georgia Dome, I'll be all about it. Oh, that's for sure happening. That's going to that's gonna come pretty quick, I think, because that stadium is going to be badass.
Dude, I appreciate you coming on, man. And, you know, I don't know if I've ever said it, like, on the record on the show before, but I much prefer this to being on your end of this. I I really enjoy answering questions. So to have somebody asking me the questions, I mean, this this is easy for me. You know, just, just talking about stuff that, that I really, really love. And I really appreciate you coming on, man, because you made my job incredibly easy today. And you always ask good questions and you're very articulate and you're somebody that, you know, I, w- I'm, I was newer to the radio game than you when I came in, man. You're somebody I took a lot of pointers from. And like I said before, we, we started talking on the record here, man. Like for anybody listening right now, like Vince is going to be getting the podcast going soon and everyone really ought to check it out. Uh, Vince, is there anything else, like any like Twitter, anything you want people to know about before we get out of here? Oh, nothing, nothing. I've got nothing. Dude, that sounds awesome. That's a that's a bet. And well, how about this, man? We'll talk about everything you got coming up. And how about next time we'll talk some pro wrestling, man? We'll switch it up. Oh, don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. We can go 20, 30 years back talking WWE, man. Dude, you, I want to do it. I'm I'm in, man. We'll do it sooner than later, dude. Like we can do it. I don't want to set any expectations here for the for the listeners, you know. If guess we can't make it happen soon, but dude, sometime in the next let's few weeks, it. man. Sometime in the next few let's weeks. Call it. Okay, let's call it the next few weeks. Um, my birthday's in April. April at the latest. If we get to April and we haven't done it yet, it's been too long. Bet you got it, man. You got it, and that's actually around WrestleMania time. So there's going to be oh. a plenty to talk about. I'm going to be there in Orlando, yeah. man. I'm going so. Dude, sounds good, man. Anything you want to bring to that? You want to go back thirty years and bring that in too, man? We'll uh, we'll call that one in the ring, also. How about that? Yes, sir. Man. I'm all about it. All right, Vince. Well, I'm gonna let you go, man. I really appreciate your time, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, and that was Vince Vega Garrett joining me once again on the Fight Talk podcast. Love that guy. What a great dude. When you have somebody like that on the show, it just makes things for me so easy. And I don't say this to come off as lazy because I love interviewing people. Don't get me wrong. The fact that I get to talk to UFC fighters and professional wrestlers, people that I really look up to and some people that I've looked up to for a really, really long time. Guys like Boss Rutten, I mean, just it's surreal. And I say this because... You know, having having somebody like him on the show, it's just it's very it's very refreshing because I can take a step back and just enjoy it and and just answer questions, just talking about stuff that I love. And man, I really like doing that. I want to do it some more. I've said it before. I'll say it a thousand times. If there's anyone out there that I can be your Artie Lang to to your Howard Stern, if you will. If you're somebody out there who's a great host, somebody out there that knows their stuff, knows MMA, knows professional wrestling, hit me up because I, you know what? I need more people like Vince out there. I need more people like Vince out there 
people who can carry a conversation, people who can ask good questions. And I can't say enough. I, I really, really enjoyed that episode of Fight Talk. I know I'm probably going on a long tangent that people don't even want to listen about, but it just is what it is. That's the truth. I really enjoy doing that kind of stuff, and I really enjoyed that podcast. So thanks once again to Vince Vega Garrett for coming on today. That's going to do it, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. That's at F I G H T T A L K underscore. You can find my merchandise on whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. I've got t-shirts, hoodies. I've got tank tops. I've got stuff for children. we got stuff for women. we got stuff for kids. we got everything. Anything you're looking for. When it comes to fight, talk, podcast gear, just let me know. Jump on whatamaneuver.net or let me know personally. Facebook, Twitter, call me, text me, whatever you got to do. I'll get, I'll get this stuff to you. You can also subscribe on iTunes and Podomatic. Please rate and comment on the podcast as well. It helps out a lot. It really does. I say it all the time, but it is the truth. That's become a little catchphrase on the show, hasn't it? I've got contests going on all the time on Twitter now. I'm not going to have one specific to this podcast, but if you jump on there, I've got Mystery Mini Funko WWE Vinyl Figures available pretty much all the time. I've got contests running all the time, so jump on there. Twitter, and I do stuff on Facebook too. I just don't give that out publicly on the podcast, but if we're friends on Facebook, I'm promoting it on there all the time. Shameless promotion. I put this out on my Facebook. It's something I was just thinking the other day, and I'm going to leave people with this because I really I, – I thought of it myself while I was sitting around. I'm sure other people have said it, but it's something that I really think is true. I mean there's exceptions to everything, but I really think this this is what I'm going to leave you with today. If you own any kind of business and you're not shamelessly promoting your product at every chance that you get, you do not truly believe in your product. I'm wearing a Fight Talk podcast t-shirt right now. I wear this kind of stuff in public all the time. I'm constantly blowing up my own Twitter, my own Facebook, other people's Twitter and Facebooks. I'm going on Facebook groups. I'm going and finding people on the streets. I'm going out there. And I'm telling people about the Fight Talk podcast because guess what? Either you're going to listen and you're going to enjoy it, you're going to listen to it and you're going to hate it, or you're not going to listen at all. But guess what? I believe in my product. I believe in my listeners. I believe in anybody who has supported this and believe in yourselves out there too. If you own any kind of business, don't be afraid to shamelessly promote it because if you believe in it, if you believe in your product and you believe in yourself, other people are going to believe in you too. So that's going to be it, guys. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll be back soon. The episode you just heard of the Fight Talk podcast was brought to you in part by Vacated Title. Vacated Title is an elite design and lifestyle brand for wrestlers, promotions, and wrestling fans. VacatedTitle.com will be launching soon, and check out at Vacated Title on Twitter for the latest updates. The Fight Talk podcast is also brought to you in part by WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com is back at it again with their Elimination Chamber Pick'em Contest. Who's winning the Chamber match? Who's the last team to enter Tag Team Turmoil? Will Natalia versus Nikki Bella end in pinfall, submission, countout, disqualification, or no contest? These are just some of the questions that can land you in the top spot for the Elimination Chamber Pick'em and on your way to WrestleMania. That's right. The top prize is $500 cash and two tickets to WrestleMania. Do not miss out. Get to WrestleRumble.com and get your picks in now.